Welcome to the Talent Rebelcast. My name is Elin Bailey, and along with me is my co-host, Tracy Parsons. Tracy and I have been getting together for what seems like forever now to, well, chit-chat about talent. One day after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's press record. And that's how we got here. We hope you'll listen in and find this a little bit fun, interesting, and just the teeniest bit inspiring. So without further ado, let's get this party started. Hello, Tracy. How are you today? I'm good, Alyn. How are you? Still cozy? Still still feeling good? Still feeling good? Still feeling cozy? Yeah. I, I noticed your shout out from um, Chad on your on your uh, midi skirts. Yeah, maxi skirts, baby. Maxi, maxi skirts. skirts. Oh, what? trust me. Nobody wants to see my legs at this stage. <laughs> no, I said midi. The ones that are like, go to your knees. Isn't that what you said? It was maxi? I don't know. Oh, maybe I did have a, yeah, I did have a midi skirt. Boy, we, we got off track really early today. We did. We're so <laughs> off. In okay. I know. Well, and that's in, in which we shouldn't be because we've got like a meaty topic um, to go mm-hmm. into. We actually have no idea where we're going with it. We thought maybe we'd solve the world's problems without even realizing where we were headed with it. So if anybody is questioning whether or not we pre-plan. We don't. We really don't. You should ask our guests. They're like, seriously, what's the plan? And we're like, there is no, what are you talking about plan? It's like like that scene in Ted Lasso Lasso where he's like, plan, plan, plan. That word has lost all meaning now. Exactly. I don't know what that is. Exactly. So here's the topic I was going to throw out today. I've been thinking about this a lot in those, um, as we've been talking about those 3 a.m. mornings where I can't sleep and I have weird things going through my head. So the world of work is changing. We've been talking about that, right? But not only kind of how people work, but what jobs are out there. The types of work that are available are changing so much, so fast. And, you know, as I start talking to hiring managers and we're building job descriptions, we're trying to put all that stuff out there, they're having a hard time even articulating what is it they're looking for because they know they need somebody, but the work has never existed before because they're in this new space or new field or trying to combine it in a new way. So we spend all this time trying to figure it out. They construct this job. And then we're trying to figure out what you call it so people know how to apply to it. And then they're trying to put requirements against it. But how do you put requirements against something that never really existed before? And so everybody's in this state of confusion as they go through that whole process. And everybody's with me on that and frustrated and trying to figure it all out. And they're all like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Until we get to the point where it says, what's the minimum level of experience that you want? And they all put like 10 years, but the job never existed before. Never existed. Yeah. So I've got to figure out how do we solve this problem? How do you go and how do you advertise for a job? How do you apply for a job? How do you get people into work? that never existed before so that people even understand what you're talking about. Well, and and you raise a good, I mean, this, for me, this is such an important and relevant topic right now because everything is in such flux. This is the moment in time where nobody knows what the hell is going on. And we're having a very difficult time hearing each other. And then we go down the path of, so everybody's overwhelmed There is so much change and ambiguity and chaos all around us in the world of work and jobs. We are trying to make all the changes all at once. And I support literally all of those things. But you run into the problem of where we're not hearing each other very clearly. Mm -hmm. And we are doing the other thing that I hate that we do. We're just making shit up and assuming everybody knows what we're talking about. 
And we stick new fancy words on it. Nobody's a ninja. Nobody's a rock star. Just stop. Well, but how do you, but I think this is the challenge. I think the reason people are relying on these kind of, what I would call kind of vague qualifications and criteria, like I want a self-starter or we work in a fast paced environment. Who doesn't? Red I flag. Love, I saw some of these quote one day when they said, I'd love for a job to say, we work at a snail's pace here. Right. That's like your thing. Come and join us. Okay. But we're spending all the time talking about in our job descriptions, kind of how we think we work or the, this kind of, we're trying to paint this picture of who we think we are. And when it comes down to describing the job, we get stuck and we're frustrated because I think we don't always know what it is we're looking for. We just, we don't, we need somebody to do what we need them to do when we need them to do it. I mean, that's basically, and we're not sure what that is. Exactly. That's basically. And then you get into it. Right. So we don't know how to describe it, but then we try to slap a title on it. Exactly. So we need a rock star ninja project manager who can also deal with ambiguity to build websites. But you know what would be really interesting, Alin? And again, you know, you know, the research I just did. In fact, I get to go back into the research in August because it's the next quarter. So I'm going to get to see if anything oh, is so shifted. Excited. So this is going to be great. So pay attention in about a month, you guys, because the next set of Voice of the Candidate is coming out. But they don't know what we're talking about. And we try to fluff it to make it sound better than it is. And what if, and I'm just throwing this out here, that we legitimately told the painted truth. And here's what I mean by this. I have people who work with me at PSC. I have people that work with me at WorkDrive. We have people over here, which is new. And I do not claim to be an amazing manager. <laughs> mostly because mostly because I have no interest in managing. I just would like to partner with people to do amazing things. So when I have um, somebody either interviewing or joining the team or reach out to me, it's like, hey, do you have opportunities on your team? I tell them very plainly what a day in my life looks like. I tell them that I'm going to respond to, on average, 60 to 80 emails. I'm going to probably write 30 pages of documentation, whether it's a website, emails, recruitment, marketing strategies, and that's a day. And here's specifically what I need support on. Hey, are you good at finding stuff that doesn't exist or is very difficult to find? Are you able to really remember what it feels like to be a job seeker? And are you willing to go through that pain mentally to derive good solutions for our customers? And what it looks like is you're going to be responding to email. You're going to be writing documentation. You're going to be doing a ton of Google searches. You are going to be sitting in the shoes, in the seat of a job seeker. And you're going to be imagining what that email is going to feel like. And you're going to try and make that email better. What if we just told people exactly what they do? As you're saying that, it's almost, I had my immediate thought, tell me if you think this sounds right, resonating with what you're saying. If I'm having a hard time even articulating the specifics of what somebody does, if I reframed my job description in terms of kind of like user stories, like you were going to, right? And just think about it just like we do if we're building software or we're looking to build 
um, a new program or solution or et cetera. And we sit down and say, what as a user or as a recipient, so you as a manager, as a company, I need somebody who can blah, 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 right? Very specifically as a user story. And it's less about what skills and capabilities you have, but more of how would you do this? What are the steps you would take to accomplish this task? Okay. And what are the skills that ladder up to that task list, right? So for example, this week was just the, the workload over here was high, but not insurmountable. Like we got all, we all got through it, but it took a lot of planning, right? And it took a lot of prioritization. And that's the other thing we talk to people like, I need you to be curious. I need you to ask extra questions. And I need you to be very good at prioritization and allocation, right? So knowing what's important is one of the most important things about working with us and knowing what plate you're going to let fall on the ground and break if it needs to. So having those understandings, so user stories, I love that. But then now we're asking recruiters to be a product manager. They don't do that either. So how do we teach them that? And then how do we lead them to that state? And maybe it is in these intake calls. I think I was on Katrina Collier's podcast, like the hiring manager perspective. And she was like, how do you like intake calls as a hiring manager? And I was like, I said, well, don't don't email me um, and don't make me write it down, right? Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you what I need this person to do. And don't be afraid to dig in with me to say, okay, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't seem to fit with this thing that we've been hiring in the past. Is this a new kind of job or is it something else? And I think that there's going to be more new types of jobs, but we have to figure out and be very transparent of this is what you're actually going to do every day. And so it's funny because when I was reading some job descriptions for a customer that is in manufacturing, it was like one of the very first requirements is must be able to lift 50 pounds. Well, you know what? I used to be mad about that requirement. Now it's like, oh, right. The main part of this job is picking shit up. Yeah, (sighs) exactly. Exactly. Right? True. But I think where I get stuck is how do we help people be able to define out what those non-negotiables are, what those requirements are, when Mm -hmm. the hiring managers themselves are still so unclear as to what this new role really is. They just know they need it. I don't know how many times I've heard the answer, I'll know it when I see it, right? But yes, they do say, I know it when I'll see it. But I think as their recruiter, that's kind of a cop-out if you let that stand. But I, but there's a certain amount of truth to it. I mean, so like I'm a good example. I, as I'm looking to build out my kind of HR team and structure, and I'm trying to look at this a whole new way. In fact, I hate everything in the world that currently exists, and I'm trying to blow up everything. But so what that does to my mind is, is I immediately look at it and go, I want nothing to do with an HR job description because if that's what people think they do, I don't like it. We're not going to do that shit. But then I don't really necessarily know. I'm just as bad as the hiring managers I'm working with. I then can't turn around and tell you, well, how do I articulate what I'm really looking for in a way that makes sense that people know to apply for it? So I will tell you what I've done in the past. It is when I am talking to a hiring manager and I run into this, right? You'd, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm like, but you do. There are certain tasks that you are not getting to that you need another human to get to for you specifically, what are those tasks? Well, then they're going to go to their task list if they have a task. Like, well, these are the things that keep falling off. Okay, so let's kind of look for some consistency. And then I was like, okay, so talk to me about characteristics. 
what is this like talk to me and they usually go with self-starters some sort of bullshit like that i was like okay so while while i understand that that may be a characteristic how does that characteristic manifest itself i was helping a friend hire somebody to to work at the barn she was like we want a self-starter and i was like okay but that doesn't really mean anything to other humans what's the story that supports self-starter and she's like well when there's crap on the ground like literal crap on the ground that you're going to scoop it up and put it in a bucket. And nobody has to tell you to do it. And nobody has to tell you to do it. I said, that's the characteristic. So when you're writing this job description, you are going to say, when you see crap on the ground, you're going to pick it up and nobody needs to tell you to do that because that's who you are. Who you are is somebody that sees something that is out of place and puts it back in place because it needs to be in place for your sanity. You know, I really love where you're going with this. And again, by the way, I don't know how this matches with the way world the world is thinking today around assessment and matching skills and capabilities. Uh, At the end of the day, you're right. It's really about articulating the set of characteristics, the user stories. What do I expect to have happen? And if I can articulate them, because actually as a job seeker, if you can figure out the right thing to call it, and that's a whole nother dilemma and problem that we can get to. But if you can figure out the right thing to get me to look at the job description in the first place, if the job description is in the form of a series of what you actually expect, right? Meaning what are the user stories that you're looking to resolve? What are the things, the characteristics that you're looking to have happen? There's a really clear picture there. I am that person or I'm not. And and we usually couch it in the person that thrives in this role thrives. Got it. The person that thrives in this role has this set of user characteristics. Now, I will tell you that my experience um, in this is really deep. And I will tell you that this approach does not work with IT talent. <laughs> you literally saw me. So funny. So I literally am right now, user characteristics. I got to write some job descriptions. I like that. I'm going to send that off. And then you tell me the one role I'm looking to hire for an IT person is not going to work. It's not. So what you need to tell the IT person is what they're building and why it matters. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm literally taking notes. She is. It's very, we're on, we're on video so we can see each other to know when we can interrupt. No, I'm really, <laughs> I know it's funny. No, I'm literally taking notes because this is useful. And, and what I like about this strategy is it really takes it out of this You know, we've been talking about the difference between who's in control of this, the company and the the or the employee, right? Mm -hmm. Takes it out of this ambiguous state where somebody gets to say, I need you to have these 10 skills, but you don't know why. Like, why do you, and, and, um, or you look at it and go, well, I have eight of them. So should I apply or not apply? Does this other two really make sense? And, and now we're down to this checklist of skills and capabilities where what we're really looking for is I need this work done. Can you do this work and how would you do it? Um, Which should be the application, right? The application should not matter where you worked in the past. It should matter of how are you going to do this job? So great question. Let me ask you a question. What does an application care? Why does every application ask for where I worked in the past? I don't know. I really, I legitimately don't know. I think it's one of the, I, I don't understand. So when you talk about the things that we don't understand and the things we want to blow up, I hate the job application. I think it is yeah. stupid. It doesn't make any sense. 
it's one of those things that we've just hung on to for so long and it's got such legacy that we can't possibly change it. Um, and trust me, I tried to change it once and it was not, you know, people were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, can you? Right. Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Well, can you? Can you really? Or do we have yeah. or do we have country based legal requirements that say an application looks like X? I think we have country based regulations, but not on the application. Just that they have to fill one out. Correct. But what one is is anything you want it to be. Yeah. See, I like this. See, I'm like and oh. Hey, listeners, if I'm full of shit and you know that I'm wrong, please tell me because I don't mind being wrong. And this is kind of an important topic. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I, and, and I, you can ask if I'm asking this inquisitive questions because I'm thinking about I have this opportunity uh-huh. to do anything I want with an application. I'm willing to be the experimenter for all of us out there and blow this shit up. I hate applications. They're I the have, worst. And I'm working in a space right now where I could technically blow it up and I think people wouldn't mind too much. But if there's like laws against why you're not supposed to do that or reasons why you're not, please do tell us because this is where I keep getting myself into trouble. I keep blowing things up and then being told I wasn't supposed to do that. I don't want to be in GDPR jail, right? That sounds terrible. It does sound bad, doesn't it? I know we're rambling off onto other topics, but you know how everybody complains about GDPR? I actually find GDPR much easier to understand and to manage than OFCCP. Oh, yeah. While we're on this topic, Lynn, I need you to, and readers or listeners, listeners, go and um, either check out or purchase the book called The Intention Economy by Doc Searles. And um, The Intention? The Intention Economy. I read it probably 10 years ago um, and it completely changed the way that we market. It was one of the precipitators for CredHive and WorkDrive. And it's all about working on intention. I will tell you, it is a challenging read. It's very academic, but when you get through it, you will have aha moments all over the place. So, Alin, we can talk about your application after you read The Intention Economy because it's very, very cool. And you could probably design your application based on the information that's shared in there. And I can give you the cliff notes outside of this, outside of the pod. And we could probably do a whole pod on The Intention Economy. Let's do a whole pod on it. I'm going to go read The Intention Economy. You go, you got your cliff notes. This is, I, this is a, after all these years, this is the first time you sent me to this particular book. I don't know. Like, special, spe, like was it a special code? Oh, she's ready for it now. No. I'm going to go read the intention economy. Read. I want our listeners, anybody who's listening and interested in this, go read the intention economy. And anybody who would like to get on a live broadcast to discuss the intention economy, you need to send us a note. Madeline Bailey, at T. Parsons, at the Talent Alliance Rebel Cast. Talent Rebel Alliance. Oh, my God. I'm so going to get sued. We need to change our name. Talent Rebel Alliance. You send us a note. Tell us you're you're interested in this and like you want to be part of this like little book club thingy. We'll do a uh, we'll do a Facebook live. Exactly. We're going to do like a Facebook live thing. We're going to do it next month. And I'm very excited about this. And if I don't get people who volunteer, I'm going to go out there and volunteer people. 100%. So like the teacher in me, I'm like, if you don't, Mm -hmm. I know who's out there. If you don't raise your hands, I'm going to go and raise them for you. Bring you right on. I won't even tell you that you're getting on the line. No, I will. So that's that's against the law. You have to tell people. I mean, oh, that's true. You have to tell them. I record people without telling them. So if you're one of my weird people who like get called on all the time, if a book shows up in the mail in a brown paper bag, 
Does the attention economy know you're getting called on for a deeper conversation? That's your invitation. I love it. Yeah. Ooh, crazy. I'm completely losing my mind. I'm like doing this live. And so you can throw me off Go. the bus, right? Okay. What if this is, if you if you read the intention economy, you do the live broadcast with us and you're actually going to be at HR Tech this year and you're willing to be online with us, then uh-huh. we will invite you to an invitation only drinks and chat around this and other topics about the new world of work and all the ways we're going to change things. But you got to read the book and be willing to be part of the Facebook live conversation. You'll get something out of it. Listen, we are so awesome to drink with. (laughs) At least we think so. And the more we drink, the more we think so. Oh yeah, absolutely. The confidence level just goes high, sky yeah, high. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have our first book club, and we accomplished a little bit. Like we talked, I think that there's some actionable things here. Like uh, there is going to be a massive influx in the way jobs are framed in the future, and we have to start thinking about them as user stories. We have to start thinking them in the context of what we need accomplished, and less about ten years of this, five years of this. Like, and it's more inclusive right? Can you do this? This, I love this concept. And I think it changes everything from the Mm -hmm. apply to the job description to the assessment. Now my behavioral based interviewing process isn't let's talk about some experience you had doing X, Y, Z to prove you have this skill. It's now here's my user story. Talk to me about how you approach this situation. What do you do here? And it's very specific to that opportunity. And it's not based on some like, give me an, give me an example of a time when you made critical decisions go. Or you, or you could, or you could do like a couple of major employers. You tell me about the time that you failed. Oh, I love that. And then, and then they, and then they ask you that every single person in the nine interviews that you attend and you're, you walk out of the room, you're like, Oh my God, they must fail all the time. I have to run. This has been a fabulous (laughs) conversation. You know where to find us, at T. Parsons, Adeline Bailey. We love you guys. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed yourself. The Talent Rebel cast is part of the Talent Rebel Alliance. It's a movement connecting strong, independent, bossy, and, well, sometimes feisty women in the talent industry. Together, we're on a mission to grow our ideas, our presence, our value, and our impact. Smart women connecting with smart women to support each other. It's as simple as that. We believe big things happen from simple ideas. If you want to join the Talent Rebel Alliance, come on over and check out our website at talentrebelalliance.com. We hope to hear from you soon. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.